Welcome to another episode of Ahead on Healthcare. In this episode, I'm joined by Houdini Aptahi and Juan Garcia, both partners um, specializing in both AI, all things digital transformation, but also um, who've done work in healthcare and hospital systems. We need that and their insights today because we'll be discussing the impacts of AI and chat GPT on hospitals and the medical profession in general. So let's get started. And, and the reason that we're talking about this, chat GPTs and most news that we, we hear, uh, if not in healthcare, for other reasons, the, like at Hollywood, the, the big screenwriters thing because of the impacts potentially of uh, things like chat GPT. If you think about healthcare, it's it's been talked about in many different ways, but generally, um, you know, some surveys suggest that AI has potential of automating up to 40% of what we do on an average workday. And other studies suggest, if you think specifically about healthcare, I think there's a study by NIH that chat bot responses to physicians 78 or, or close to 80% of those evaluated thought that the, the responses from the chatbots were better. So it comes to the conclusion for many, you know, are we, can we leverage chat GPT to really increase productivity and make the things that are done within healthcare more efficient and improve delivery and kind of allow healthcare systems to provide better care to more people? That's kind of what we want to start the discussion around. Um, I don't know, Juan, uh, what's your thoughts on on that? Uh, thank you, Jay. So, yeah, we, we are speaking to various of our clients that are in the healthcare space, and they're all searching for ways to become more efficient, both on the clinical side, so treatment of patients, but also on the business side, as, as a lot of that kind of blurs together and and the interactions that patients have with providers, right? So uh, one of the things that we know is that these organizations that provide healthcare have many different systems with many different data points, both on the clinical and on the business side of things. So being able to coalesce all that data is going to be important moving forward. That's one of the things where efficiency gains are absolutely possible. Uh, and then on the on the subject of patients liking the chat bot or the chat GPT responses better than doctors, I think that those uh, AI technologies, which are large language models, are trained to better respond in a quick period of time. Um, and I think we want to caution ourselves that these these uh, AI technologies are reading the data that's already there. But we're not yet at a point where that data can be interpreted for healthcare reasons 100, with 100% accuracy. Yeah. Or I think, I think as a complementary tool to doctors and nurses and other uh, people that provide healthcare for patients, I think leveraging that technology allows them to focus on the care and treatment a lot more efficiently than than the way that they do it today where they have to go manually through charts as they are going to see a patient again they have to do a bunch of research up front if they had a tool that could actually provide all that data to them all coalesced curated and whatnot then they can do a much better job of focusing on the patient at that time so yeah I absolutely believe that performance and treatment can be well enhanced by by ai that's great i think that go ahead houdini I was going to say, and I think, you know, Juan, you make a good point. If you think about 
Uh, nowadays, people, the experience of the doctor-patient relationship is a lot more important now than it's ever been before. And, and you think about how many administrative tasks are being done that that an AI or a chatbot or ChatGPT can can actually do those tasks. I think it just helps um, the patient experience with the doctor because I think that's when it comes down to uh, in the new normal we're kind of living in. If you think about the the patient interaction is the most important thing, and the patient experience with the doctor is is important. So I think it's a really good point there, Juan. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting the point about supporting versus actually being responsible for delivery for lack of a better term. Cause I think I've read a few things that I think that's, that's another one of the misnomers that, um, you know, AI is going to take over the world. It's, it's weird. Ian and I were on, a, on another uh, podcast and I mentioned uh, minority report. I don't know if you guys have seen minority report, the movie or read the book, but you know, there's the whole idea that um, using combinations of, of AI and, and uh, facial recognition, you know, <laughs> They're going to take a, you know, uh, Skynet is coming. <laughs> I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that ominous. I think it's really, to your point, Juan, it's more of a, how can we use it to support and really enable physicians to focus on the things that would allow them to reduce the time on administrative stuff mm-hmm. and focus more attention on quality of care and the patient experience and, how well we're treating patients. And I think, and I think the other thing is, you know, my opinion at least, but insecurities, I think that this will be a differentiator for some healthcare systems. If they can do something like this, where all the, a lot of the administrative stuff, you know, it's taken care of by using some intelligence like AI and kind of doctor physician relationship is so much better, you know, going to this hospital versus that hospital because the doctor kind of talks to you. He comes in, he really cares about, you know, how you feel and can talk. I think that that might be a differentiator of sorts, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Absolutely. You know, I think all of us in life are a patient of a doctor or two. And, you know, sometimes when you go to a physician's office, you feel like you're just a number in the machine, right? Because the doctor comes in, he looks at your charts outside, how you doing? And then, all right, let me check your blood pressure or whatever it is. Right. Looks at the chart, said, this is where you were three or six months ago. Let's do some blood work today. And, you know, got to lose a little more weight. Uh, you're a little heavy. And then, and then, okay, thank you. The nurse is going to take care of drawing some blood and whatever other samples they need. And then you're done. And, you know, if you think about that, I was like, oh, I had to drive 45 minutes, wait 30 minutes in the lobby uh, wait in the in the room for the doctor to come in and I see him for three minutes and that was my health care. Doesn't seem like I needed to be here nor the doctor, right. you know, for right. that kind of thing. So uh, I think that being able to prepare the doctor and to look at, understand upfront what tests are going to be drawn today, what they're going to compare to and with, I, I think that'll help physicians focus more on the total quality of care that they're providing, even if they're a specialist, right, to, to dig into other areas that they might not have time to dig into because all the time that they have with me is spent reading and researching what happened in the past that they've already seen me for, uh, but kind of a, a reevaluation today. So, so I think that being able to make that touch more meaningful on both ends really does drive quality of service 
to us patients. And then on the other side of that, you were talking about a competitive advantage. And I think, yes, absolutely, healthcare providers that are going to leverage this technology to improve the quality of care, make life better both for the patient and the providers, the nurses and the doctors. But also, I think first move advantage applies to this technology, right? It's it's hot right now. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. But finding ways and prioritizing the things where or the areas where you want to deploy this technology, I think that that's going to be the real competitive advantage. Understanding the undertaking and how they're going to implement and apply this technology. I think that's where some of these hospital systems and, and healthcare providers should be really thinking about right now. I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's interesting because if you look across the spectrum, in particular, some of our, even some of our clients are trying to figure out, you know, (laughs) how do I use this technology to gain that advantage? Vanderbilt uh, Medical Center, I think they're trying to figure out how to use ChatGPT to speed up reviews on clinical decision-making. UNC, I think, is piloting some technology built on Microsoft and Epic to help Doctors respond to patient questions in an online portal. Yeah. Um, Stanford is looking at rolling out some Microsoft AI platform. I think it's from um, OpenAI, mm-hmm. but it's focused on um, patient portal, right? And again, it's it's. I think that there's a lot of focus on again reducing the administrivia, improving kind of their uh, ability to take in information, be it from the doctor, patient, or staff, do some stuff with it. So again, the focus is more on quality of care in the patient. But- yeah. And, and I see that trend too. I see a little bit of experimentation um, in terms of how can we leverage this technology to make things better. And I think that's today, not not the topic of this podcast, but I think today that's juxtaposed to the need for maintaining privacy and understanding what impact of privacy these AI technologies have. I think providers and hospital systems um, are looking for ways to make sure that they leverage this technology in a safe way. And I don't mean in a safe way as in the Terminator that's going to take over the world, (laughs) but but more in making sure that they don't violate any of their regulations and violate patient uh, privacy, et cetera. I think think there's there's a juxtaposition that truly exist there today. But I can tell that that the the need for implementing these technologies is winning. And people are thinking along the lines of how can we do this? How can we do this fast? So I don't know, Houdini, we're into Skynet and Terminator. I don't to my point earlier, I don't think it's coming anytime soon. But I don't know. The um I think um a lot of folks are using chat GPT, but what what do you think futuristically? I mean I know we're not going to be at Minority Report or Terminator-esque type of, of uh, levels, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, if you think about ChatGPT and, you know, I, I think about physician and nurse burnout, um, you know, that's a real thing that's happening nowadays. And um, if you think about ChatGPT, I think it feels like the future of ChatGPT, and you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Jay, with Epic uh, and different EMR systems out there. The ability for ChatGPT to be able to write things to Epic in the future is just going to take that load off of the nurses, the doctors, and it's just going to make their day-to-day lives a little bit easier and, and will make them more comfortable in talking to the patient, whereas instead of doing documentation where ChatGPT can just do that for them. So I see the future of the ChatGPT and AI 
areas as far as, you know, writing things to the EMRs, take that task away. Um, because obviously, you know, as humans, we can fat finger things and uh, things can be mis misinterpreted, but, uh, with chat GPT being ways to write things to the medical records just helps us in the future. And I think that will help physician retention, nurse retention. A lot of nurses and doctors are trying to find where's the best place to work because there's such a demand for them in, in the industry right now. So they want to go to the coolest place that has the best technology uh, to work with their patients so they can really enjoy the patient experience. So I see that as like the next big thing that could be happening over the next couple of years. All good points. I think, Juan, what's your perspective? I think, you know, one, and you brought some good points to Denny about staffing, because I think, you know, if you, if you look at things that are impacting healthcare, healthcare system today, shortages in staffing and kind of the staff experience, right, is, is another thing that a lot of our clients and, you know, healthcare systems are definitely thinking about, as well as the patient experience, as well as the doctor experience. But, you know, there's also things like, you know, lack of transparency and high costs and just not having that feeling that you're getting the quality of care. Also, and actually we'll talk about this in another podcast, but the, the fact that everybody is getting into kind of providing high touch, high availability service. A lot of things you can get at home now, I'm thinking home health care and, and the likes. But I think it's going to, with the help of stuff like chat, GPT, it's just going to explode certain facets of um, the industry and technology. And I'm thinking, again, we'll talk about this in another podcast, but your experience in, in receiving healthcare is going to be drastically different in the next, I don't know if it's two or three years, but maybe it's you know, five to 10. I think it's going to drast be drastically different. But I don't know. Juan, what do you, what do you think? Well, I think like in other industries, healthcare is becoming more omni-channel as well, you know, and we saw a steep rise in telemedicine during the pandemic. And I think telemedicine is here to stay. And I think that you'll see some applicability of chat GPT and other AI technologies uh, in, in increasing the value or the perceived value to patients on telemedicine, right? Obviously, there are certain things that can only be done on site, but a lot of the healthcare, a patient should be allowed to be as high touch themselves as they want to be. And I think these technologies are going to allow that to happen without displacing the need for the nurse or the doctor or the technician. But I think it, it'll provide a different experience, a choice of experience, if you will, for patients. And it'll allow doctors, again, to focus more on the healthcare side and less on the administrative side, which is one of the points that Houdini made around, you know, documentation, for example, if you, you've ever been a, around a physician's office or a clinic or, you know, a whole practice, you know, these guys are heads down documenting, reading documentation up front and then documenting what they saw later on. So a lot of those long hours and that burnout comes from having to do the administrative tasks associated yep. with providing healthcare. So I think that's a big need. That's great. I guess, guys, from the perspective of a head, how are we helping um, with our insights and experience to help clients kind of enable them to use AI or something like a chat GPT? How are we doing that? Um, are there things that, I don't know if there'd be lessons learned, but things that you think are important from our perspective that you think help how, in terms of how we help clients deal with learning how to use this type of technology? 
for sure. Yeah. So, Go ahead, Houdini. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, something I've, I've seen a lot with different customers is obviously the money that's made in a lot of the hospitals are in the surgical centers. And if you think about, you know, how much a surgeon is paid and, and uh, how many people are involved in a surgery, when those rooms are empty for even half an hour, there's thousands of dollars lost by the scheduling not being accurate because it, the more the more surgeries you can have, the more money that the hospital makes. So I think whether it's AR, chat, GPT, you know, the scheduling of how many surgeries can be done in a certain day and how many facilities is a lot of the impact I've been seeing with different customers on the cost and how their the revenue is brought into the company or to the hospital. So if you think about if a room is utilized a full eight hours with surgeons, nurses, doctors, et cetera, that hospital system is producing a lot more revenue than ones that maybe have a idle time of half an hour in between surgeries because you're losing all that money because you still have to pay for the facility and the doctors and all those types of things, even when you're not having a surgery. So the efficiencies yeah. that can be gained through through AI on scheduling surgeries and surgery centers is where I've seen uh, customers want to use this the most. Sure. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, Juan. No, no, I was going to say uh, one of the things that I see um, is and, and one of the things that we're doing with a lot of our clients is really uh, helping them understand that there's two focuses here. Number one, there's a focus on the technology. How do I implement this? How do I integrate my systems and data in order to both provide better healthcare and be a, a better business from a profitability perspective? But also there's a there's an educational and a skill up sense to this where I think we're seeing customers starting to understand that you need to be thinking more in terms of how do I integrate data and how do I consume that insight that AI is providing. And, and a lot of that comes with some organizational change, but also building a discipline around how do you bring the use cases forward and how do you prioritize them? Some hospital systems uh, have bigger issues on the clinical side, so in patient treatment. Some organizations have bigger issues on the business side, making sure that they can continue to provide healthcare at a profitable pace. So I think understanding how to, how to think about bringing these use cases forward, whether it's chat GPT or visual AI, things like being able to curate a set of images, whether it's x-ray or MRI or CAT scan, and have the AI kind of uh, weed out the noise and get you to the really big points. Um, mm -hmm. Where, you know, understanding as an organization how to build a discipline around what's most important to the mission and then to the operating model of the organization, both business and clinical as well. And I think we're seeing customers starting to to ask those questions. And we're actually providing some advisory services around that to say, hey, you really should be thinking about how do you experiment quickly to get to that first mover advantage without overspending or overcommitting or seeing a long period of time without progress. Let's, let's figure out how you find those high impact use cases on either side of the paradigm there, right? I think that's one of the things that I see that, that we're, we're starting to uh, see the base mature is figuring that out. Great point. And great conversation, guys. I think um, some of the insights you provided, I think, fit well into some other topics we're going to discuss in upcoming podcasts, ranging from, you know, impacts 
technology, digital technology and transformation on resource and resource management to, you know, do we actually need brick and mortar, you know, things like hospitals, given the fact that we are doing so much with things like AI, but, you know, all good, all good thoughts, great insights. I saw a quote somewhere that said the key to to AI has always been the representation. And I think, um, I think that's, that's clear given some of the things I've read and I think some of the things we've seen. But thank you, Houdini. Thank you, Juan. Thanks for a great discussion and sharing your insights. Stay tuned for our next episode of Ahead on Healthcare. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, Jay.